Welcome back to Shnai Mikra, the OU podcast series on Parshat HaShavuah. This is Menachem Mittag, and in today's year we continue our study of Parshat Matot with Shishi, the sixth Aliyah, beginning with Perak Lamed Bet, chapter 32. The tribes of Ruvain and God had amassed a tremendous amount of livestock. And they saw the areas of Yazer and Gilad. These are areas on the eastern bank of the Jordan, a little north of the Yabok stream, the area that they had captured from Sichon. And behold, the area that they had seen was an area which was perfect for taking care of livestock. Benegad and Ruvain came together and made the following proposition to the leaders of the tribes. They approached the leadership echelon, that is Moshe and Elazar, the high priest, and the princes of the congregation. What was their suggestion? They make a list of many cities that they had captured. The land that God has conquered for the sake of the nation of Israel. Eretz miknehu, that land is good for taking care of livestock. Velavadecha mikneh, and your servants, who are two of the tribes of Israel, we also have a lot of livestock. So it makes sense that we should take that area and use it to take care of our sheep. Before we continue, let's discuss why specifically these two tribes are coming together. We know from the beginning of Sefer Bamidbar that the twelve tribes were divided into four different battalions. Each battalion had one tribe in charge. There was Yehuda together with Yisachar and Zvulun. There was Ephraim together with Menashe and Benjamin. There was Dan together with Naphtali and Asher. And finally, we had the camp of Ruvain, who was together with Shimon and Gad. So most likely, it was that division into four groups and the proximity now between Ruvain and Gad that caused them to join together with this idea. If that's the case, where Shimon? Shimon is mysteriously missing, but that should not surprise us because in the census that we just had in Pasha Pinchas, we saw that the tribe of Shimon was very small. The numbers were pretty much cut in half. And that most likely was a result of the punishment of the sin of Baal as their tribal leader must have been one of the leaders of those sinners, for he was the one killed by Pinchas. We also saw in Pasha Korach that the tribe of Ruvain was involved in the rebellion of Korach, Datan and Aviram. Recall that Datan and Aviram were from the tribe of Ruvain. Also, in the meantime, the tribe of Yehuda seems to have taken leadership. We see that happening in Sefer Yoshua and in Shoftim. So it could also be that Ruvain and God felt a little bit left out as a leadership that should have gone to the firstborn of Leah has been given instead to the tribe of Yehuda or ultimately to the tribe of Ephraim from the children of Rachel. So it could be that this feeling of being sort of left out from the rest of the nation may have motivated them to try to find their own place, their own area, and not be as involved with the nation as much as the other tribes. The question will be now, how legitimate is the request? In other words, are they trying to secede from the 12 tribes and make their own nation, or do they still see themselves as part of the nation of Israel? Let's see now what they propose to Moshe Rabbeinu. Pasakein. They tell Moshe, if we have found favor in your eye, Please give this land to your servants for an inheritance and don't make us cross the Jordan 
In other words, we're happy with what we have here. Let us live here and leave us alone. Moshe obviously is not going to be very happy. Moshe is very angry and tells Bnei Gad and Ruvain, are your brethren going to go to war and you're going to stay here? All 12 tribes fought together against Sichon and won the land that Ruvain and God want to take. Does it make sense that everyone fought for your area and you keep it and you're not going to fight for the other people? And why will you now dissuade the heart of Bnei Israel to cross into the land that God is giving them? The assumption is, once Ruvain and Gad take their Nachala on the other side of the Jordan, everyone else is going to want to follow. The land is captured. Let's settle Transjordan. And who needs to fight wars against Canaan? Let's settle in Transjordan and not take the land of Canaan. Moshe is afraid that this idea is going to start going from tribe to tribe and soon no one will want to go to the land of Israel in a very similar manner to what happened with the sin of the spies. As he explains now, You're repeating the same mistakes of your parents' generation. When I sent them from Kadesh Barnea to see the land, the spies went up to Nachalashkol, near Hebron, they saw the land, and they dissuaded the hearts of the people of Israel, trying to convince them not to go and take the challenge of capturing the land, the land that God was giving them. Now the report of the spies is not exactly the same as the suggestion of Bnei Gad and Ruvain, but Moshe is saying it's going to lead to the same result. The report that the spies gave, and their opinion that taking the land would be impossible, and staring them that if they would go and fight Canaan, there's a good chance they would all die, that caused the people to become scared and reluctant to capture the land. Your new suggestion that you settle this area of Eber Yardin is going to lead to a very similar result, causing the people to be reluctant once again to take the challenge of capturing the land. Moshe continues to explain to them how angry God became when that happened. God became very angered on that day. God swore that those people who came out of Egypt from age 20 and up to give them the land that he had sworn to the forefathers, Avram, Yitzhak, and Yaakov, he swore that they will not see that land because they did not follow God and were not willing to take that challenge. Except, Except the two leaders who gave a more encouraging report, Kalev and Yeshua, because they followed God. God became angered with Israel and he caused them to wander in the desert for some 40 years until that entire generation who did evil in the eyes of God ceased to exist. In other words, during the 40 years they all died. And now, and now you have risen doing the same thing that your parents' generation did. Tarbut anashim chataim, a culture or a society of sinful people, lispot od alharon afadunai el Yisrael, and you're going to bring more wrath of God upon the people of Israel by causing them to become reluctant once again to conquer the land. Kitashuvum yacharav, because this is going to cause the people to turn away from God, viasaf od lanichob amidbar, and once again it's going to continue to keep them in the desert, vishichatem, 
Bechol Ha'am Hazeh, and you're going to bring down this entire nation. There's no doubt Moshe does not like this idea at all, and he sees this as a beginning of a chain of events which is going to lead to calamity, just like what happened 40 years earlier with the sin of the spies. As we'll see now, these words of rebuke do not cause Bnei Gad and Ruvay to change their mind. Instead, they're going to make an offer which will only help Moshe Rabbeinu. As we're going to see now, Bnei Gad and Bnei Ruvain don't take Moshe's rebuke and give up on their idea. Instead, they analyze what Moshe is saying and they're going to offer something, pretty much an offer he can't refuse. If you recall from the sin of the spies, the main fear that people had is because the nations of Canaan have old cities and we are commanded by God to capture those old cities, the only way to take old cities is to storm the wall. It could be it's possible to capture those cities, but it would require many casualties. The front line, when you take a walled city, usually dies. The main reason the people feared entering Canaan 40 years earlier because they were sure they would die in battle taking the walled cities. So Bnei Gad and Ruvain say, we have a great idea for you. We're going to be the front line. We'll be the Chalutzim. We'll be the front line of the army who will lead the battles against Canaan. And not only are we going to go with you and fight the battles of Canaan, we're going to do something which will encourage the people to conquer the land and not the opposite that you were worried about. So let's see that now in the Pesukim that follow. Pesuk Tetzayin, verse 16. Now, they approach Moshe and they say as follows. We are going to build enclosures for our sheep here, that is, in Eber Yarden. We are also going to build cities to take care of our children. We are going to lead the way quickly leading the children of Israel until we help bring them to their place and our children will remain here in Transjordan in these fortified cities so they will not be harmed by the inhabitants of the land that might attack them when we're away fighting in Eretz Canaan. We promise we will not go back to our homes and back to our own lives and children until all of the children of Israel, each one is taken, their inheritance and everything is done. Because we are not going to inherit the land together with the other tribes. We're not going to inherit on the other side of the Jordan, on the West Bank. Because we have decided our inheritance is going to come to us on the east side of the Jordan, where we are now. The question now will be, will Moshe accept this offer, yes or no? The answer to that we'll see tomorrow when we study Shavi'i, the next Aliyah.